0: Where we're moving on we're moving on Broadcasting from atop the Hensler Financial Building in the heart of Georgia's financial district, Kennesaw, Georgia, this is Money Talks. We're back. Either of you, I mean, you know, you listen to that Jefferson's thing and it uh, reminds me, they had a live show uh, not long ago. They did, you know, like on stage, but it was... Broadcasted live. Oh, I didn't know uh, about that. Yeah, it's just been a month or so ago. I just... That is such obviously an old show. Obviously, you didn't watch. Did not. That was what I was asking. Don't. So. All right. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Jeffersons. Oh, absolutely. Either way. All right. Um, we're back. It's uh, Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Sean Theriault and Michael Griffin. Uh, if you've got questions for us, we want to answer them. uh You can get in touch with us through our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. The way it works, you leave your message, uh, including your question. We play the question on the air and answer right behind it. Uh, You can also call and talk to a person. Uh, the number is 770-429-9166. And by the way, that's the way you can get in touch with Shauna or Michael if you have questions regarding financial planning. Uh, you can also find me there. Um, they, I usually, they don't let me out of the closet too often, so uh, uh, stay in the dark. Um, but, you know, if you had questions about business valuation or exit planning strategies or things of that nature, you could always call and ask for me. If I don't have the answer for you, I can... Direct you to the right person uh, if you've got a question you'd like to answer, like to have answered on the radio show. Though you can call and ask uh, about the radio show, and uh, they will connect you with none other than Kelly Lynn, our producer, and uh, she will get you uh, taken care of. Your question will be answered on the air. Uh, if you don't want to make a phone call at all, you can email us at drgenehensler.com. That's spelled D R G E N E at H E N S S L E R dot com. Uh, Hensler dot com is also our website. So if you've got um, questions you'd like to answer on your own, if it's a broad enough topic, um, we have lots of content uploaded on the website. You can go in there and check it out for yourself. And uh, that was revamped just a few months ago. Right now. Fancy new website. Go check it out. Oh, it's looking good out there. Yeah, there you go. And uh, the other thing is, if you would like to hear a portion of the show that you might have missed on the radio, you can go to Hensler.com and find the whole thing downloaded right there for, for your listening pleasure. So uh, getting to some of the questions that we got this week, um, first of all, here we go. Oscar from Flowery Branch says, I'm a bit concerned about Michael's. Uh, Michael's, I guess, is that arts and crafts store. Uh, it started with the wife and her crafts, but Michael's has turned into our social hangout, taking classes, etc. I've uh, even started part-time as a cashier, usually during the holidays, so I'm out of the wife's hair, and I have something to do in retirement. I even tinkered around with the stock, buying shares back in February 2017. I get it cyclical, but dismal First quarter earnings have me worried. Uh, You're absolutely right. First quarter earnings for Michaels were a bit rough, and uh, the stock plummeted uh, almost 13%, I think, when that was um, reported. I think the thing that scares me most about Michaels, though, uh, is their debt. It's pretty significant, 127% uh, of assets, and Mm. the company doesn't have equity, which means that they've been losing money for quite a while. There's no shareholder equity uh, just on a book value. Uh,
1: and they don't really have way. an online presence like some of the other online retailers, right?
0: Really? I'm, I'm not sure, right Shauna, but I'd, right. I will take your word for I it. I don't
1: know. I just get worried just because there's so many retail shops closing down.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, the biggest thing that, that bothers me, especially when you tie – Uh, That heavy debt to where I believe our economic cycle is. Right. And and we're long in the tooth on the the economic uh, expansion from uh, recession, which was way back in 2009. It's not a time thing as much as it is. Just the fundamentals look relatively weak to me going forward. Right. Um, When you have a company that is as cyclical as an arts and crafts store, this is discretionary spending. This is Mm -hmm. where... You know, this is not something where you're going to have to buy bread and milk or go to healthcare uh, facilities or any of that. Uh, this is this is discretionary spending for the consumer, so it uh, does tend to slow way down in a in a recession or an economic slowdown. So, uh, with the heavily indebted company and um, you know economic conditions the way they are, I would have to tell you. Uh, when it's attractively it. priced, I think I would sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I would let this one go. Keep your job, uh, do your cashiering, enjoy the the uh, the things that you get out of uh, the crafting or your wife gets. Um, but I really believe that it's probably not the best investment. And you know what? This is one of those things that a lot of folks do. They you know, and even Warren Buffett encourages people invest in what you know. So. That's kind of what we've seen uh, in this regard. Oscar is invested in what something that's familiar to him, um, but only invest in what you know to the level that it actually makes mm-hmm. financial fundamental sense. Mm-hmm. And um, in this regard, I, I really don't think it does. Um, you look at uh, some of the valuation numbers, and it, it does look attractive, but the company has to survive. I think it's cheap for a reason. Mm. Um, and that being the case, I I just can't in my right uh, mind tell you to buy.
2: No, we're still in a good economy. I mean, this is we're not in a bad economy yet, and still having a bad yep. first quarter. So yeah. what does that tell you?
0: Right. Yeah. The first quarter was not was not horrible for everybody, for sure. No. Yeah. And and uh, you got a company that did have a pretty significant slowdown. So uh, just uh, and and the stock market told you that. I mean, 13% mm. loss in a single day. That's a bite. Right. I mean, That hurts. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I think I think uh, the writing is is pretty much on the wall. It tells you maybe it's time to back down a little bit. So uh, next up, we've got Karen from Smyrna who writes: uh, If 529s are overfunded, does it make sense to withdraw funds? or necessary private K through 12 and take a 6% tax hit. Uh, she goes on to state, uh, my mother passed away last month, and she set up 529s in different state uh, for my three kids. She also was paying for their private uh, kindergarten through eighth grade schooling. Uh, I've inherited the 529s as owner. Uh, the oldest, 200's college in three years, has 229000 He's in public accelerated college program where he will graduate with an associate's degree. Um, he could be looking at a two- to three-year stint in college uh, max. Um, the middle child has six years until college and 202000 in her account. And uh, the youngest with nine years until college has 156000 Those are really well-funded 529s. Without a doubt, right?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I, I. Who knows if they're overfunded? I mean, they could be, but you know, these kids could also go to graduate school and and stuff like that. Yeah, and they have uh, till they're thirty. Is that it or thirties? Thirty to, to use it or transfer it to another relative or. And or there's another like that. point,
0: right? You she can could transfer, transfer it. it. Yeah, but if, if she if wants they... kids
2: to kids to use it, uh, I certainly don't think she should take a six percent state tax hit. I think she should transfer it to the 529s to a. To a state that allows them to be used for the lower school education, yeah, um, that would certainly help her out there. Yeah. Um, Georgia is one of those states that does allow for that. Right.
1: Yeah, what Michael's referring to in the, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, um, they expanded the definition of it to allow up to 10000 per year in tuition expenses at private, public, and religious elementary schools, secondary schools, but not every state's conformed. So before going to only be used for college, so they have expanded on that. Yeah, so you
0: can use it for primary education too. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, I know you're not going to go talking to a nine-year-old about having kids, but you would assume that by the time they're 30
2: they might have children of their own. So that could be another strategy, right? Maybe. but Passing I, on. That's a possibility, but I'm 33, and I still don't have a kid yet. Yeah. So people are having kids later in life, Troy. I, well, that they are, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. And, um, you know, I'm
0: i am not going to throw rocks at you for not having kids, because I didn't have kids until I was 36, I think was my youngest. 40 at the oldest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a, a old father. I can barely keep up with the... The dogs, let alone the kids, they go in so many diverse. Well, at least directions. you'll have
1: plenty of options for your powers of attorney.
0: Oh yeah, no, that's that's.
1: They'll exactly way right. outlive you.
0: Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> wow. And I'll probably be one of those getting deep on the <laughs> radio <laughs> today, y'all. Well, we be,
1: started with you know <laughs> elder care and. I'll probably be one of those. Speaking of elderly, that,
0: that nobody likes anymore. <laughs> I'll
1: be Oh, everybody likes myself. you,
2: Troy. Oh, of course Come they on. do, especially when I leave. Uh, <laughs> I'll anyway. be your I'll be your power attorney. Proud of attorney, Troy. All right. He won't charge to you that. too much. Not there too much. Go. Just a small, minimal fee. Just whatever's left. Like hundred right.
1: grand or something. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> per hour? We'll make sure. Per hour.
0: All right. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So uh, there's your answer. The 529, Michael and Shauna both agree. Probably best to, to transfer it into a state where you can use it for that primary education. And, hey, why not? I mean, uh, you know that it's probably invested in... Some manner that's going to allow it to grow uh, to some extent, um, and, and maybe that's a good time to point out exactly how you would have that. And, I mean, it's spending within the next 10 years, I would assume, for most of these kids. So
2: right, they should start pulling that back. Maybe be a little more in, in fixed income in, yeah. in the 529 since they will be using it uh, for college. Right. And well, in some of
1: the 529s, they have those, you know, age-based. Investments so it like just automatically changes rate. exactly yeah. so it automatically changes as they get older.
0: Yeah, well there you go. That's uh, that's a few options for the investment side of things. So, uh, you know, it, it, there there are plenty of options, and it sounds as if uh, you might want to consult somebody a little deeper on that as well. All right. Um, when we left, we had talked about a few, but uh, we have another here. Uh, Martin from Ackworth writes, "I'm looking at the international mutual funds in my 401k." I know I want some international exposure, but I'm generally pretty conservative when it comes to international stocks. I've been burned before in the past. Uh, I've got the choice of Vanguard International Value Fund and T. Rowe Price International Discovery Fund. Uh, they're both listed as more on the conservative side. So it's a uh, what would you do, this or that kind of question. Um, you know, probably the most common thing that folks do is they'll go and look at uh, some of them. Ratings uh, that uh, various companies put out, Uh, probably the most common is Morningstar. Uh, You can go to Morningstar.com and see those free. Uh, Both of these funds are a four-star fund, so that doesn't really help you narrow the field. Uh, Next piece, you can look at the expense ratio, which is the fees behind uh, behind the scenes that you're looking at. Uh, If you just look at it there, Vanguard's always going to be a relatively cheap choice, Uh, 0.38% in this regard, and that's an annual basis, uh, versus T. Rowe Price Discovery Fund at 1.2%. And by the way, for those that are listening along, the Vanguard International Value Fund, uh, ticker is VTRIX, while T. Rowe Price International Discovery Fund is P-R-I-D-X. It's useful if you're gonna go in your 401k and make these purchases to know that. some of the other things you can look at, really, performance. And, and the point that I make is a lot of folks will look at the expense ratio and stop there. But performance, as reported on mutual funds, is um, is generally, uh, well, in every case that I know of, it's going to be presented uh, after fees. So if one outperforms the other, uh, then maybe... Maybe more well, risky. It could be more risky. It could be more conservative. And, and uh, you know, in this case, um, Martin's looking for something conservative. It really depends on market trends in the last few years, right? Right. So over the 3, 5, and 10-year, which is what you normally see um, listed, you know, go and look and make sure that uh, what you're seeing there is uh, is truly matching uh, what it is that, that you would like. In this regard, you know, Vanguard does a great job. Performance is good. It's hard to go against them. But uh, you know, just in the way of kind of educating on what to look for in a mutual fund, just remember that the the returns are after fees. Uh, so if you've got one that's got a higher expense ratio, but better returns, um, you know, I I don't mind paying a manager a little bit of a premium to get me a better result. In the end, uh, so don't get stuck too much on that expense ratio, which I find a lot of folks do.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, generally, when you're looking at a fund, if you want something a little more conservative, and this is a generalization completely, you know, it would be something that has more large cap than small mid cap. Mm -hmm. Um, It may be something that has... Um, more developed than emerging markets. So emerging markets, small, mid-cap, those will be a little more aggressive. Mm-hmm. They could produce a higher return, but they also have more volatility than something with large cap and developed when you're looking at international. And you can speak more of that than I right. can probably. Yeah. You could
0: even take it down to the sector level and talk about, um, you know, funds that have more exposure to health care or consumer staples or utilities, which are very conservative uh, just by their nature, tend to have uh, growth even through uh, recessions. Uh, they pay big dividends. Right. If you look at one of the the uh, clues here, Vanguard uh, fund has a dividend yield of 2.55 percent versus the T Rowe Price International Discover fund at 0.48 percent. So, I mean, that's probably built into this uh, decision already. Sure. Um, you know where you see a, a pretty pretty. Uh, attractive dividend yield as well so it's going to be putting cash in your account and the price should be growing as well right so
2: there you have that and the last um, thing I would like to add on that Troy is you know Martin I would just be careful adding too much of international exposure to your portfolio at this time
0: yeah uh, Michael that's a great point in fact um, one we probably we probably ought to expand on a little bit uh, if you think that uh, I mean here I am talking about, uh, what the fundamentals look like in our domestic economy. And, and while the current situation doesn't look horrible, we do know probably the worst thing is we do have a uh, inverted yield curve. When you look at the one, two, and three-month uh, Treasury yields, they are higher than the 10-year. It's not the classic two-year higher than the 10-year that we normally look at, but uh, it, it's still not a positive sign. So uh, all things considered, I, I think uh, – you know, economic conditions look ripe for slowing. And uh, that being the case, they, it, we've already heard, you know, some of the supportive comments that uh, our Federal Reserve Chairman, uh, Jay Powell, Jerome Powell, uh, is is talking about. Uh, he wouldn't be talking about that if, if we didn't have that economic slowing, uh, those signs starting to show up. And if you think he's uh, talking like we're having a slowdown, look outside of our country. And, and, Michael, to your point, I mean, you got the German Bund 10-year uh, uh, still giving negative yields. Do you know of any banker that's going to pay you to borrow from them? No. Yeah, no. I don't know of anybody that I would want to pay just to have the opportunity to borrow from them either, but that's kind of what you have in, in uh, Germany, and that's one of the strongest economies in europe um you know the china thing the tariffs that we're dealing with uh, are are probably likely to make them slow down and and let's face it that economy is big enough now that you're not gonna see a slowdown in china without seeing slowdowns elsewhere so agreed um you know it's a good point i say the market's gonna be up this week shauna up. michael up All right. There you have it, folks. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll see you next week.
3: All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only.